MLM Nation, episode 19. There is no security on this earth, only opportunity. I know we live in a life where so many Americans and, and just so many people around the world live for security, whether it's security through their jobs, security through their consistent paychecks and whatever it is. And, you know, he reminds us there really truly is no security, really only opportunities. And we need to seize those whenever we can. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chan. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Daniel Song. Daniel, are you ready to make it happen? Absolutely. I'm ready to go. Daniel Song is a happily married family man with a beautiful wife, Melanie, three children, and four dogs. He has over 14 years of MLM experience and has been at the top of the pay plan in two previous ventures. And right now, he's currently the number four income earner in his company. Daniel has also been a brand consultant and also systems training developer for MLM companies. For fun, Dan is a huge car enthusiast and has a passion for fast cars. <laughs> so, Daniel, I've given ML Nation just a brief intro. So, please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. That's a great question. And, and Simon, thank you for that warm intro. And I'm really excited to share with all the fans of MLM Nation um, some information today. But uh, to give you kind of a little idea, like you said, I, I am married. Um, I've been married now for about three years. Um, I have three beautiful kids, Morgan. Uh, Isabella and Carter. Uh, Carter is now just at 15 months old. And one of the greatest blessings of network marketing has been that, you know, I get to be a stay-at-home dad along with my wife. So I get to watch our kids grow up and not really just see the snapshots and memories, but get to see like every moment of their life. And that's been a true blessing. But, um, you know, my background, like I said, you know, is primarily as an artist and a designer. I know a lot of people uh, may not know this, but I have zero years of experience in, in business uh, marketing, sales. I, I mean, if you were to look at look at my sort of resume, it would be a pretty empty resume. Uh, so one of the things I, I grew up in life knowing that I, I thought I wanted to do was everything in entertainment and design. And so um, I, I have a huge passion for animation, um, conceptual art, entertainment art, design. Um, and I followed that passion all the way through college. I, I attended a school in Pasadena called Art Center College of Design uh, to study entertainment design. Um, and it really wasn't until like I graduated from college that I realized that I was kind of a little bit stuck. And that's kind of when my road ventured into network marketing. Daniel, let's start off with one of your favorite success quotes that motivate you. Oh, that's, you know, there's so many quotes, but the one that has always been my mantra, um, and, and, and it didn't come to me early, but a few years into my career, this really resonated with me and, and it's still stuck with me now 14 years later. And it basically says this. Um, the quote is from General Douglas MacArthur, um, a brilliant general. And this is what he says. He says, there is no security on this earth, only opportunity. And it means so much to me because I know we live in a life where so many Americans and, and just so many people around the world live for security, whether it's security through their jobs, security through their consistent paychecks and whatever it is. And, you know, he reminds us there really truly is no security, really only opportunities. And we need to seize those whenever we can. I love that quote. I love General MacArthur because I'm a big history buff. So, uh, and he did amazing things in World War II. And that's so true. It's only, there's no security uh, because you never know, you know, 
anything can happen, but there's only exactly. opportunity. There's tons of opportunity. Every day you go out there and walk in the street, there are opportunities everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So, Daniel, one of the things that distributors don't realize is that during the toughest times, or I say, I like to say quote-unquote failures, that's when we learn the most. And mm-hmm. the key is to never quit, but to keep going. You take mm-hmm. the lessons you learn during those tough times and you apply them. So please take us back in your journey to one of the most challenging and frustrating moments, to that point that you really hated the business, you wanted to quit, but you didn't. And then the le- what did you learn, the lessons that you learned, and how did you apply those lessons? You know, I think for me early on, there's there's a few pivotal moments in my career where I definitely wanted to throw in the towel. And I know, I know it's something that we don't like to admit, but I think the vulnerability and the honesty is what's going to really realize that, you know, even even the biggest success stories or even people who succeed all have those moments, that breaking point. Um, and again, I, I, I'm here to encourage people to say that, look, your, your breakthrough usually lies right past your breakdown moments. Um, and for me, early on in my career, it was understanding that not everyone is going to do this business. Um, I remember getting involved in network marketing, again, a little over 14 years ago. And my best friend at the time literally told me, he says, Daniel, you know, I know what you're doing. And, and of course, he was prejudging and pre-assuming. Um, and he said, look, whatever you do, I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to know about it. If this is what you want to do for a living, that's good for you. But don't ever talk to me about it. And I remember it weighed so much on my conscience because I thought to myself, you know, this is my best friend. Or, or so I thought it was my best friend at the time. Um, and he was telling me that he was absolutely not going to be supportive of my business. And I really started to question literally my existence on earth. I was thinking like, wow, if somebody is so vehemently opposed to this opportunity, and I haven't even opened my mouth, I haven't even shared it yet, what chances do I have to share this with other people who I thought my relationships were not as strong with those people? And so I remember I wanted to throw in the towel. Maybe, you know, I thought very early on, maybe network marketing doesn't work or MLM doesn't work. But I realized one thing, uh, you know, and the lesson learned very early on in my career is, you know, some of the people that you think will do the best in this industry or the people that you think for sure would do it um, are not going to always be your home run hitters. You know what I mean? Um, And some of the people that you least expect are going to be the ones that are going to make the biggest differences in your business. But, you know, fast forward maybe about four years into my career, things were going fairly well. Um, I had a large business. The teams were great. You know, productions were great. You know, the the the, the checks and and the the, the money was great. Um, and I and I lost sight of one thing, and, and it was you know there was a lesson, and I learned about four years into my career, and and basically the lesson in a nutshell basically says that you always want to critique in private, but you want to recognize always in public. And I and I kind of forgot that lesson. Um, and I remember I was getting to a very frustrating moment in my business where things were a little bit slowing down and I saw, you know, leaders bottlenecking and duplication not happening. And I was seeing a lot of frustration within the organization and people started to complain, point fingers. Of course, as a society, as people, we love to blame other people for our failures and mistakes. Um, and I remember I put my foot down and I made this horrible mistake and I laugh and I almost cringe because I, I can't believe I did this. But I remember at the time we had an internet forum where we used to all communicate. Um, this was before the era of Facebook. Um, and I remember I openly criticized all the leaders, basically pointing out their mistakes and their weaknesses and what they were at fault for. And while the observations may still be accurate, the way in which I handled the situation was completely wrong. Um, you know, and, and the funny thing was that, and again, still cringy to this moment, but you know, that lesson, I mean, I ended up losing leaders, um, great leaders in my business. I, you know, there, John C. Maxwell talks about the law of solid ground. 
I believe I broke that at that moment. And I lost a lot of great leaders and a lot of good organization members because of that lesson. And and it really humbled me. Um, it was one of the biggest learning lessons I had to do as a leader to realize that, you know, whenever you want to course correct or whenever you want to, you know, critique or guide someone or mentor someone, you know, the, the critiques can come in private, you know what I mean? One-on-one, very quietly, in a very constructive manner. And then the recognition, I mean, people die for this stuff, you know what I mean? Um, from the moment we're born to the moment we die, I mean, even at our funeral, I mean, think about it, it is recognition. It's for your recognizing your life. Um, people hunger for this stuff, sometimes even more than the, 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 the finances. So, you know, any opportunity that I get to try to recognize my members and my teammates, I, I try to do that at, a, at its fullest. So, again, once again, criticize in, in private and recognize in public. That was probably the greatest lesson I've learned in my 14-year career. Thank you for sharing. That is so awesome. That's a writer-downer. You know, get your pen and paper, write it down, or if you're driving, you know, go listen to this again. We're like about eight minutes in. Go replay that. And it's criticizing private and recognize in public, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, so, so good. That's a great leadership lesson. And along with those lines, you know, uh, most of us, I think it's the way we're brought up, we're quick to criticize, right? Because our parents always find out. But we're slow to recognize. And I think good leaders, everyone that I've talked to, they're very quick to recognize. They actually, instead of picking out the wrong things, and like kind of like our parents, they pick the wrong things we do and they correct us. Good leaders go out of the way to find little small details that the person's doing and they praise them. And it could be the simplest thing as like showing up early for a meeting or Mm. hustling to open the door for guests to come in, you know, or like running around to get the AV equipment set up. Good leaders Absolutely. that I've seen, they're always very quick. They have like kind of like a radar looking to praise people at all times. Absolutely. Another thing that you shared that I really liked was, it's kind of like one of the deadly mistakes I talked about, like talking to your, your, one of your best friends at that time that you thought was your best friend, right? <laughs> and that's a mistake that most people make. They think that their close friends and family all join. I mean, from my experience, your closest friends and family, at best, they may be your customers and support you, but they rarely do the business because they know you too well. What do yeah. you think about that, Daniel? You know, it, it's it's that classic three-way relationship. The people that you know the longest and love the most, you know, there is a trust there because you obviously have the years and years of experience, but the formality and the respect, you know, it diminishes over time. I mean, I used to joke around when I when I meet somebody for the first time, it's it's a very formal handshake, it's a hello, hi, my name is Daniel, hi, my name is Bob. But over time, that becomes, you know, a high five, then it becomes a fist bump. And that's just a metaphor for really how we treat our relationships with some of our closest friends and family members. You know, the trust is there, but the diminished respect level is one of the reasons why it's very, very difficult to build with people closest to us. Because, you know, and and, and they know us, you know, good and bad. They know all the, in, you know, both sides of our life. Um, and sometimes they, they kind of challenge us the most, you know what I mean? But again, at the end of the day, I accept and I embrace the fact that it's because they love us and they know us the most. Um, but again, one of the things that I've seen, it's tried and true is, you know, some of your biggest players, some of the people that are going to make the biggest difference in your business are not the people that are, you know, in your immediate circle of friends. You know, sometimes it's the person you're going to meet through two or three levels of, you know, meeting people. Yeah, that is so true. Most leaders that I've known, their top leaders are never their close friends. It's either uh, most like most of the time it's an acquaintance or like a yeah. friend of a friend. and. It's like meeting your wife, right? It's not someone you... She wasn't one of your best friends growing up or your friend in high school. You met her through a friend of a friend or an event somewhere. And it's the same thing in this business. Your leaders, your future people are going to explode your downlines are the person that you probably think is not going to be interested in the business, but they're dying for the opportunity. 
And yeah. most people just get stuck. They're talking to their friends and family and you know, a couple of brothers say no and then they're devastated and they never reach out to that person. Because that, I believe, Daniel, everyone has at least one or two super superstars that in their network. But Absolutely. often they just forget about them or they prejudge them or they're so bogged down by the couple of rejections they get from their family that they never reach out to them. It's, it's really a shame. Yeah, 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 I agree. Now, let's take us back to another moment. Uh, thank you for sharing about your, you know, one of your most challenging moments. But let's get back to that story one more time, uh, Daniel, because you could have quit. You, I mean, you lost all your leaders. Mm-hmm. You could have quit, but what kept you going? Um, I, th- I think it's, you know, it, it, these are those moments where, you know, it sounds a little cliche, but we talk, you know, and, and it's, you know, being a part of at least multiple companies, you know, there's some common denominators to all the training. And, and, and I always say success principles are t- true no matter where you go. It doesn't matter. It's it's never specific to a company. It's never specific to an industry. And one of those very timeless or, or consistent um, teachings is, is always establishing a very clear why. What is what is the reason why you're doing anything in life? You know, what is the reason why you're being a father? What is the reason why you're being a family man? What is your reason why you want to be a husband? Or you know, and and, and in this case, it's what what was my reason why I was in network marketing, or what what did I want to accomplish? You know, in my business, and I, and I remember like going back and, and and just reviewing and revisiting some of my goals and, and some of my whys, and and really that's what kind of got me through that sort of minor setback. I, I, I should call it a major setback, but of course, looking back on it now, fourteen years later, in full retrospect, it, it was a minor issue, you know, and, and that's what people need to realize. You know, when you walk up to a hurdle or or a wall, it seems monumental when you're right in front of it. But once you get over it and, and you look back on it, you realize it wasn't so bad. You know what I mean? So I think the hunger and the desire and the ambition to succeed outweighed um, the disappointment of that failure. ML Nation, this, this one lesson that you need to learn from Daniel is that during your toughest times, there's always a lesson behind it. And whatever motion, motivation you need to keep going, um, maybe it could be a why, but always use that to keep going. But think back to, about the lesson. And Daniel's lesson was he criticized in public. Right. So and that was a valuable lesson. And he was able to take that lesson, and apply it and make sure he never made that mistake again. And ever, actually, ever since that mistake, I've seen your business take off more than those previous four years. Right. It Absolutely. just exploded. So Absolutely. take the lessons and then you apply them. And that's why I, I call it never really a failure is, quote unquote, failure, because it's actually a blessing. Because if that, if that never happened to you, Dan, you could be still doing the same thing and your income may be probably stuck where it was that, back then. Amen. You're absolutely right. Now, take, let's take a, um, another part of your journey. Take us to the proudest moment in network marketing for you. Ooh, I think the proudest moment, and, and, and again, it, it sounds a little corny, um, but the way I look at my teammates, and, and a lot of times, you know, other than describing formalities and terminologies, when we use terms like downline or, you know, whatever it is, um, I like to call these people my partners. Um, I, I don't like really using the word downline because it implies some type of hierarchy or structure. Um, so I call these people my teammates and my partners. And one of the most proudest moments is, you know, despite regardless of your age, um, the relationship to the age to myself and, and my teammates, you know, I see my teams as like like my kids. And so when I see them succeed, when I see them thrive, and when I see them have their personal breakthroughs, whether it's from a financial standpoint, maybe from an emotional standpoint, um, maybe from a leadership standpoint, 
I feel like a proud parent watching their kids take their first step, um, watching them, you know, break through and hit their first milestones. So I, I literally every every year that I get to go to either my event conventions or annual events, and I get to see some of my team members get recognized on stage. I mean, I, I literally feel like a proud parent. And I, I wish there was one single moment that I could define as the proudest. Um, but I can tell you right now as a parent, you know, and I'm sure, Simon, you can relate to this, every achievement that your child makes is the proudest moment as, as a parent. So, you know, I think, again, like I said, just summing it all up, watching my teams succeed and thrive and, and go through their personal breakthroughs, that's what makes me the most, uh, I guess, prideful or, or the proudest. I mean, that's what I like most about this business. It's not about the income, but the ability to change someone's life. Absolutely. You know, when you, someone thanks you. And I was talking to a leader, and, he, and he's talking about like the domino effect. Right, mm-hmm. it's dominoes. Like you may impact someone today, but ten years from now, twenty years from now, there could be many, many generations down from your downline. And someone said that, wow, you know, network marketing changed my life. But how did that happen? It's all because twenty years ago, Daniel, you actually mentored someone, and that person kept on mentoring others, and it keeps on building and building. So that legacy never ends, and that's yeah. uh, that's my favorite part about network marketing. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I you know, I, obviously, you know, until technology changes or until something crazy happens, obviously, immortality is something that we can't achieve. But, you know, immortality through the lessons and the philosophies that you share with people, I think that's one of the greatest achievements. That really is your real legacy. And I look at amazing leaders and amazing, like, personal development authors, people like, for example, I'll just use one, uh, Jim Rohn. How many, I mean, think about the thousands and millions of lives he continues to motivate, inspire, and change even beyond his life right now. And I think that's truly the biggest gift that you can give anybody. So again, that's you know that's something that I strive forward to and, and, and set a goal on to as well. Definitely. I mean, if it wasn't for Jim Rohn's uh, CDs and audios, Art of Exceptional Living and also uh, Your Best Year Network Marketing, I wouldn't yeah. be here today, you know, yeah. for those audios. I probably, you wouldn't be there today. I mean, I, absolutely not. What is the one thing that excites you the most about network marketing right now? You know, network marketing, like anything else, this whole profession in this industry is a very organic entity. And, and you know, of course, every, like anything else, it evolves, you know what I mean? And I think the most exciting thing is watching this profession of MLM or, or network marketing slowly become more acceptable and, and mainstream in the eyes of society. Now, like, look, we, you know, we are obviously been around for, you know, over a decade. You know, there, you know, we have people that have been in it two, three, four decades. MLM has been around for obviously a, a handful of decades. Um, but, you know, for a, still a vast majority of people, you know, there are still the naysayers and the people that are out there that says, oh, I don't know if these things work. I've heard, you know, I know what this is. And people have their uh, sort of assumptions or, or, you know, ideas of what this industry is all about. But I think more and more as sort of society is changing outside the economy, the world economy is changing, by the way. Um, you know, jobs are, are no longer going to ever be the same. Robert Kiyosaki keeps talking about this. The world economy is changing. And if you're not changing, you're going to get left behind. Um, and I'm not saying that MLM is the only sort of change or the only answer, but it is one of the solutions to the ever-changing economy right now. Um, and, and what excites me is watching how acceptable in the eyes of society that this industry is becoming because more people are starting to see this as a viable alternative to the job place or, or you know, e- even their corporate careers. Um, you know, and, and the biggest problem is, you know, in a tough or down economy, 
Um, people are getting laid off. People are getting fired from their jobs. And what is the first thing that they do? They go look for another job. So basically, you've t- you got laid off or fired from a broken system, and you're jumping right back into that broken system. And people are like, there are no jobs. There are no jobs. There are no jobs. And I keep reminding people, it's because you keep looking for the answer in the same broken bucket. Like, try looking for the answer somewhere else. And 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 that was something that I used to preach for years and years and years. But I think people are starting to get it. You know, and Simon, I'm sure you agree too. But I'm attracting higher caliber professionals into my business now. I mean, 10 years ago, 14 years ago, I mean, it was really, I mean, there was a joke, you know, I I remember people used to say network marketing used to be for housewives or, you know, stay-at-home wives that used to sell makeup or Tupperware, whatever it was. And it's evolved, you know, and it started to attract other people. But, you know, now I look at my business in the last like three to four years and I'm, I'm attracting real estate professionals, you know, medical doctors, nurses, high caliber professionals into this industry that probably 10 years ago, they would have never batted an eye. At, at this industry. And, and that's what excites me the most to see where this industry has come and where this industry will be in the next 10 to 15 years. I, I mean, I can't imagine by the time Carter grows up, I mean, Carter's one years old now, let's say by the time he takes over the reins at daddy's business, like this, this is going to be a complete new landscape. It's going to be a complete new industry for people. And, and, and that's, that's really exciting to be a pioneer, an early adopter of anything. Absolutely. I think there's two factors about that. Uh, number one is, you know, look at the American dream, right? Uh, you live in L.A. We both live in L.A. And what's the average house in, L- in L.A.? Oh, right? my gosh. Well, with a decent school, school system. I mean, even houses in Compton, which neither you and I want to live, right? Mm-hmm. In, the, in, in the city ghetto, they're like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year, Absolutely. right? So any house in any decent neighborhood is a million dollars. But then you look at the average, you know, UCLA is what I think – I was just talking to the person uh, that delivers our mail, and his daughter goes to UCLA, and he's in state, and that's like twenty six thousand a year in state, wow. right? I remember back then it used to be like five thousand UCLA. So you're talking about hundred something thousand dollars in debt, and then the average salary is like fifty grand coming mm-hmm. out of college if you can get a job, yeah. and after taxes is like what twenty grand, right? Then you got yeah. like thirty grand, then you got living expenses, and you know paying for gas, going to work, eating. I mean, how many years would it take you to save the money just to make a down payment for a million-dollar house? Maybe Absolutely. Like 40 years. You know, so some people say the American dream is dead. And you talked about you're getting, we're getting better and smarter people into the business because the American dream is not dead. The American dream is just shifted. Yeah. It's dead for the people. If you want to get a job, yeah, it's dead. But mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity for people who want to be entrepreneurs. And easiest way to get started is network marketing. Absolutely. What was stopping you from getting start, uh, started with network marketing, Daniel? Uh, originally, I would have thought it was money because, again, I, w- I was in a place I just graduated from college. Um, I had $158,000 student loan debt and a $26,000 credit card debt. I was well over $180,000 in debt when network marketing was first introduced to me. And I, and I originally thought it was money, but I realized now more than the money, it was really the fear and the ignorance of, of this industry, just not knowing what this industry was all about. I thought I knew what it was. And fear was what was really stopping me. And I remember my original sponsor in this business asked me one very simple question that changed the absolute financial trajectory of my life. And he says, Daniel, what are you so afraid of losing when you have nothing to lose at all? And mm. and that, I mean, it, it, it felt gut-wrenching. It, it was the absolute truth. It was harsh. It was abrasive. But it really was the wake-up call that I needed. I, I realized, God, I, I'm, I'm broke right now. I'm in debt. 
I mean, what is this minuscule drop in the bucket investment going to mean in, in the game of life? Why not give it a shot when you're already at rock bottom? Yeah. When you have that much debt and the extra, I mean, how much does it cost to join? 500 bucks for most yeah. companies, right? If you yeah. have that much in debt, even if you lost, lose the $500, what difference does it make in the debt? It's not going to make much of a difference. <laughs> yeah. Right? I said it's I, just a drop in be, the bucket. Yeah. I was going to be bankrupt anyways. Why not try to give something a shot? Yes. Yes. You know, one other thing I want to add when you talk about the excitement about network marketing, how more and more people are accepting, I think the internet has a big part of it. Yeah. Because uh, back in the day, I mean, when I first started, I, had to, I went to research online. There wasn't that many resources. Mm-hmm. You know, now you go online, you see lots of people in all different races, countries, they're successful in network marketing. Mm-hmm. Right? So when your friends say, oh, network marketing doesn't work, people lose money. But hey, you go online, there's lots of people who are making money in network marketing. So it's a big belief builder. Sure. Yeah, and it's like 20 years ago, that wasn't available, right? If yeah. you lived in your town and you, and the only person you knew was your upline, you may think, oh, my upline is scamming me or this company doesn't work. I mean, you basically had to go to events. Now, you can go anywhere. I mean, you go online, you research, you know, you can find tons of people doing well in the industry. Sure, absolutely. It's, it's what we call social documentation and social proof. I mean, you can see that it works. There's, again, less and less people. Again, unless you're living under a rock, you can't deny that this industry is powerful. Yeah. Well, you, even if you're living on a rock, if you have internet access, you can still find out, right? You, you yeah. don't even need internet. You just have a smartphone. You can get somewhere. You can look it up and how this industry is working for people. Ask Siri. You have Ask Siri, right? Uh, what's one habit that's helped you become successful, Daniel? Um, a consistent habit that I've worked on for over 14 years is you know, personal development. Again, another phrase that you hear a lot, but I don't think people take into serious account what, what the compounded effects could look like. You know, I constantly work on self-improvement. I'm 14 years into this career, um, almost a four and a half cumulative, again, again, the keyword cumulative, four and a half million dollars in total earnings in my entrepreneurial career, um, both in and out of network marketing. But I mean, the biggest thing that I do, even after all of the success, is that I'm still reading new books and still listening to new audio. Um, you know, er, you know, I make it a habit. One of the fun things that I like to do is every time I jump on a plane to travel, um, I, I visit, I visit the, of course, the stores, and I pick up a water, I pick up a little snack, and I always look for a new book to read. And Simon, I know we had that friendly sort of post, you know, talking about our libraries, sharing libraries, and I think that's so awesome. Instead of showing off other stuff that that's meaningless, why not we show off our libraries? And so I always always make it a habit to pick up one or two new good books every time I travel. Um, recently, I was traveling with a teammate of mine, and I got her in the habit. So I bought her her first book while I was at the airport, and I said, I want you to continue this habit and pick up a new book every time you're at the airport. And at least you can get a good hour, two hours of reading done while you're on the plane, but then when you get home, you can finish off that book. That's so awesome. You know, uh, I, I remember that Facebook post because personal development is the best investment. Absolutely. Right? Like, you know, stocks, I don't know whether, you know, most people lose money in stocks, but if you get lucky, they go up a little bit. Real estate goes up or goes down. But personal development, when you invest in yourself, that's the best investment because it always goes up, never goes down. Yep. Now, since you read a lot, what's one book you could uh, recommend to ML Nation? Ooh. So, you know, I, I, you know, I used to, I used to always say, and I still believe that anything Maxwell writes is brilliant. Um, you know, John C. Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership was literally the keystone or that first book that started me off on my personal development journey. And he continues to write some amazing books. I know the last one that I read from him was, uh, you know, good leaders ask great questions. But right now, I mean, if I were to recommend just one book, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek. Uh, I believe Simon Sinek is, you know, he's he's just bang on with servant leadership and what leadership is all about. 
um, especially in today's economy. Um, so one of the books I can really recommend for Simon Sinek is Start with the Why. Hmm. Very good. You know, I love uh, John Max, John C. Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws. That was something I made all my leaders read, and I still refer back to it even all these years. Uh, yeah. Whether it's just MLM or just life in general, because you apply those things in your personal life. I read that book, skim through it, go through my notes at least once a year, because those yeah. are lifetime lessons that always apply. I agree. And MLM Nation, I know you love audio because you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing free audio book like John C. Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership for free at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. Okay, Daniel, what is the best piece of advice you ever got? Hmm. Let's see. The best piece of advice that I've ever got is, I would, I would honestly say, you know, I think probably when you get your life's priority in order, things will come to you like a lot easier. And, and you know, for me early on in my career, um, I think when I started seeing some success really quickly, uh, my ego got in the way and I, I assumed a lot of my success had to deal with what I was doing. And now what I'm about to share with you is not in any way meant to become a, a religious thing. And, and again, I'm just sharing what it is for me. And I want you guys to reevaluate your life and ask yourself, what are the priorities in your life? So early on in my career, the priority was making money. So it was basically business, 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 almost even at the expense of neglecting myself, my own health. You know, obviously I had no room for family at the time, no room for children, no room for us significant other. Um, so it really was the pursuit of the business. And it, it, while I did make money, it was very empty and it was very difficult. And I felt like I was working really, really hard. I was on the fast track to burning out. Um, it wasn't until about three years ago that, you know, I had a sort of a life changing moment. Um, I had a huge setback happen for me in business, uh, which really ha- humbled me and, and it got me to reevaluate my standings in life. And I put these things in order. I put God, family, and business. And again, not meant to be religious, but again, whatever is important to you in your life, I'm asking you guys to reevaluate that priority. And once I had that priority in the right order, uh, Simon, it felt like hot knife to butter. I mean, everything just became so much more fulfilling and so much more easier. I mean, my my family life was growing. My spiritual life was growing. And, and here's the crazy part. My business is bigger than it has ever been in my you know 14-year career. And, and to be very honest on, on this call, um, I actually spend less time in my business now than I did at my prime, you know, and, and that's the funny part. I mean, I, I get more business done by doing less business, which sounds really weird. Um, but I did that by reprioritizing my life. And once I had those priorities in the right order, man, everything's been great. Amen. I amen to that. You know, you have to take care of your spiritual life first because uh, if your spiritual life is not there, then your family's not there. No matter how hard you want to work in your business, you can't focus. You know, yeah. and I'll, I'll put health up there too because you don't have yeah, the health, absolutely. you don't have the energy. And no matter you want to build a business, but you're tired, you know, you have problems at home, you can't get anything done. And then you end up working harder but you're not working smarter mm. you know and it's like daniel says take care of your spiritual take care of your family that's working smarter and then you can get what the things you wanted to get done in business absolutely uh, as we wrap up just a couple quick questions do you have a favorite prospecting tool you use uh, do you like to use like a newsletter a webinar or online videos what do you like to use you know what that's a great question um you know i, I Regarding tools, you know, there was a, there's something that was told to me that said, you know, s- tools and systems are what duplicates. People don't. 
Um, and I didn't realize that. So for the first almost 10, 11 years of my career, um, I didn't realize that I was at this focal point of a lot of my quote-unquote tools, uh, meaning I was doing a lot of the presentations, I was doing a lot of the trainings, and I realized that after 10 years that I handed off the baton, you know, speaking in terms of duplication to only a very few select group of people. And I realized, wow, that's a lot of work for not a lot of duplication. And then it wasn't until that I I met obviously a great mentor recently who told me, he says, Daniel, systems and tools is what duplicates. People don't. But to take that one step further, I I don't really rely on too many tools that still requires a person to give it life or to narrate it. Um, let me give you an example of that obviously like for some, something like a PowerPoint presentation. Now that PowerPoint presentation, the, the slides are consistent for everybody. The presentation is consistent for everybody, but you still need somebody to actually narrate those slides. And, and Simon, I'm sure you'd agree, but if you were to do a presentation versus a brand new member, you know, your chances of signing somebody up are going to be much higher because of all that experience, the subtle nuance, the language, the posture, the confidence. I mean, all of that plays variable. So, you know, I really like to rely on tools that really I don't have to give life to. Um, you know, I've, I've become very fond of, you know, video-based presentations because, again, you know, I look at, for example, one of the greatest franchises in the world is, is McDonald's. Um, and, and if you look at McDonald's, and I'm not saying that their food's great, um, but when you look at their business model, why is McDonald's so successful? And I believe it's because they have a turnkey duplicable system. Um, you know, whether you go eat a Big Mac or French fries in California or you eat French fries in New York or you eat French fries in Korea or China or Mexico, wherever you go, you don't ever hesitate and, and, and stop and go, I wonder if it's going to taste the same. You take that confident bite into your Big Mac or you take that confident like bite of your French fries because you know it's going to taste the same wherever it goes because of the consistent output based on that consistent system. And and that's when I realized I I wanted to have a system in place. And and that's why I I love like video-based presentations because um, however my prospects see this opportunity, keep in mind there's, you know, it says that however they're introduced, that's how they're going to introduce their people. Um, at, At least we can all rely on the same presentation. So whether that presentation is given on my first generation or on my 20th generation or whether it's given here in California or in New York or internationally, that presentation is going to be exactly the same. It's going to taste exactly like that same French fry that you ate in California or New York. So I, I right now, I, if you were to ask me again, what is my favorite tool? Um, anything that's a video-based consistent tool is, is probably what I love to use the most right now. Thank you for sharing that. Do you have a favorite app or online resource? Because I know you have a beautiful iMac. 4K, mm-hmm. right? Do you have an online resource like a Dropbox or Gmail that you recommend? You know what? Um, you know, I, I don't have a Dropbox or necessarily an online resource. And, and personally, right now, I don't have anything set up. You know, obviously, um, you know, as, as I kind of like mature into my career, I'd love to eventually set something up where I can return the value to the marketplace. Um, Simon, I love what you're doing with MLM Nation where you're inspiring and educating and, and really bettering this this profession, and I, and I, I hopefully I'll get to a point where I can do that. Um, but at, at the at the meantime, what I love to do is I love scouring for podcasts. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, I recently one of my friends started a, a new podcast called Inspire to Win. That's been really a fun one to listen to. Um, and so you know, I usually like to direct my people. I mean, even Darren Hardy has his Darren Dailies. John C. Maxwell has his Daily Messages. I mean, these are these are stuff that are at your fingertips. And it comes to you, literally, it comes to you. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that. And so every morning, even if I'm not reading a book, I still get a five-minute, three-minute bite of great motivational stuff in the morning when I wake up. I love it. That's coming from a true personal development fanatic. And uh, I'm saying that as a compliment. That's really good. Uh, I love podcasts as well. That's how I got the idea and the 
the vision to do ML Nation, but it's it, like the internet, you know, makes it so much easier. Everything's at your fingertips now, and there really yeah. is no excuse. Whatever you want to learn, and I, I teach this too. People, sometimes new distributors ask, oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like s- simple, easy things. And even my coaching clients say that. I was like, well, if you want to ask me a strategy thing, then ask me. But if you want to ask me some administrative, go to Google and search. <laughs> or find some course to learn because whatever you want to learn, it is out there, you know. So thank you for sharing that. I love your attitude. Just wanted to learn, learn, learn. It's awesome. Um, now, here's the last question, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested in this. Before we go to the million-dollar question, if you're an ambitious distributor who's ready to take your business to the next level, go become an MLM Nation Insider. Just go to MLMNationInsider.com and you can join a select group of distributors who meet every week to discuss what's working in the MLM profession. As an insider, you'll also get a weekly live MOM training that you can participate on a webinar or through the phone. Online access to an entire archive training library. A mission into a private Facebook group where you can network with other motivated and successful distributors from all around the world. The opportunity to ask questions to one of the top MOM trainers. And you also receive a monthly newsletter with the latest tips and online marketing strategies mailed directly to your door. Interested? Simply go to MLMNationInsider.com to learn more. Now let's get back to the show and to the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again and mm-hmm. you knew no one, okay, but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom what is the first thing you would do to find prospects and build a MLM business from scratch? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, the first thing is is really examining your question itself, and it says, "If you knew no one," um, and, I, and I really focused in on those couple words. If you knew no one, um, and and really the the opportunist or the true entrepreneur will realize that that's a temporary sort of situation or a temporary circumstance. Really, the quitter and the loser is the one that says that that's a permanent state of being. And they're like, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. That's never going to change. I can't build this. I quit. Versus somebody who says, you know what? I may not know anybody right now, but the moment you say hello to somebody, you know, keep in mind the moment you shake somebody's hand, you're getting to know somebody. You know, get, building a relationship is a process. Um, getting to know somebody is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. It's kind of like planting seeds and farming. In order for you to, to reap the harvest, you have to be willing to plant the seeds, water the seeds, tend to the field, and, and, and hopefully over time, you'll be able to harvest in these brand new relationships that you have in place. Look, I've been in this industry for 14 years. Everybody and their mothers know what I do. Everybody who I could have directly sponsored, they already know what I do. They've probably already formed their opinions. But I still constantly meet new people to sponsor in because I, I, I take the time to develop relationships. So again, the winner or the entrepreneur that are listening to this call, guys, understand that number one, that's a very temporary circumstance. What I encourage you guys to do and what I would do is to find myself and put myself in positions where I can meet as many new people as possible. Now, that doesn't mean you have to stand on a street corner or do cold marketing or do cold calls. I'll, you know, I've, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on um, is in the 14 years of me building a business, I haven't used any lead generation systems. I haven't bought any lists. I don't do any cold marketing. I don't do any cold calls. And not saying it doesn't work. It definitely does work. I have friends in this industry that have made millions of dollars doing that. 
Um, but I pride myself in the fact that I built my business organically through warm market relationships. And the way I do it is I constantly go out there and, and even Jim Rohn talks about it, that his parents were over 90 years old and every week they would be at the rodeo. It's kind of like living life. As long as you're out there living life, you should be bumping into new people. Um, and so what I want to encourage people is, you know, find opportunities to like, number one, like, for example, volunteer at your school. Now that I have kids, you know, you know, I have kids that are, you know, that have musical performances or sports or recreational activities. And a lot of times these, these things require parent support or, you know, volunteers to help out at the events. I, you know, me or my wife will constantly be there. Why? Because now you're getting to meet other you know, kids' parents, um, and, and and these kids' parents are probably in the same position that you are, where they're like thinking, "Man, I wish I had more free time to spend with my kids." Like, what do you do? You guys are always here. Like, I mean, and and you start to strike up conversations. You know, I always say, meet your kids' family. You know, their parents um, join recreational activities. You know, I I have friends and and, and teammates that go out on mommy and me activities. Uh, you know, maybe yoga activities, cycling. You know, any sports. I mean, for God's sakes, go join a gym. I, you know, you, you start to run into, if you're going consistently to the gym at a specific time, inevitably you're going to run into the person that's also coming up on those days consistently. And sure, the first time they're a stranger, but the second or third time you're saying hello to them, I mean, just start breaking the ice and, and getting to know them. So immediately, I wouldn't be able to recruit somebody into my business immediately, but by planting those seeds, I know I'd be building more market relationships despite not knowing them in the beginning. And I'd be able to bring them and attract them into my business. I love it. You just gave over half a dozen ways to grow your business. I love it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you, Daniel? Well, one of the best things, you know, if there's any like final advice I, I would say is, you know, stay connected to positive information. You know, um, our, our minds grow and, and, you know, it's like even even a good movie, even a good audio, even a good podcast, all of these things feed our minds. Um, you know, and again, once again, I want to commend Simon for what he's doing with MLM Nation because, you know, what he's doing for the profession is really opening the eyes and, and bringing in a whole new generation of people that, that are going to get started in this wonderful profession and this journey. Um, but there's so many people like Simon that are out there that are doing this. And so I encourage you guys, you know, always stay plugged in, always, you know, find ways to grow yourself. Um, and really the opportunity is really secondary to, to really personal growth. So, um, you know, again, I thank you for the opportunity and, um, you know, currently right now, like I said, I, I don't, I don't do any like, you know, business pages or anything like that. Um, but you know, again, if people want to, they can, you know, connect with me very personally, um, on my direct social media accounts. Um, so I can share those with you guys. Uh, my Facebook account, you guys can look me up. It's Daniel K song or facebook.com forward slash Daniel K song. Um, on Instagram, I, I, I love to post if you guys want to follow a little bit more of an insight, a visual insight into my personal life. I mean, I, I, I'll post a lot of my uh, cars, you know, my, you know, what I do to modify cars. Um, I like to post a lot of my random toy collections and collectibles um, on Instagram. So and that's a fun little more personal insight. Um, you can follow me at Daniel K song zero five, and that's number zero five. So Daniel K song zero five at Instagram. Um, and on Twitter, it's just simply at Daniel K song. So again, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter would probably be the best ways to follow me for now. MLM Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Daniel Song. So keep up the momentum and go to MLMNation.net and type in Daniel at the search bar. And the show notes for Daniel will pop right up. All the books, the quotes, the nuggets of wisdom that he shared will be right there. Daniel, thank you for sharing your journey with MLM Nation today. 
in order to be successful in MLM, you must help others. So, Daniel, thank you again for setting such a great example. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. I appreciate that, Simon. Thank you for everything you're doing, and God bless everyone. Thanks for joining MLM Nation today. This is Simon again, and thanks again for Daniel Song for his sharing, for his training. And if you liked what you learned from Daniel, please let him know. Just go to mlnation.net, search for Daniel, and the show notes will pop right up. And if you go to the page and towards the bottom, uh, all the links to the books, that great General MacArthur quote he talked about is in there. Uh, So share that stuff with your team because I love the General MacArthur quote, how, you know, all there is is opportunity. There's no security, only opportunity. Anyway, go to the page. Daniel's contact information will be there. And you can, you, know, you can contact him and also follow him. He's got a really good stuff. He's very active on social media. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes because that's the best way to keep these trainings coming to your phone automatically. They get downloaded while you sleep. So there's one last thing you have to do. Is just wake up. And when you're commuting or you're walking your dog or doing errands, boom, they're right on your phone. Right? It's really cool. And while you're there, please leave an honest review for MLM Nation podcast on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are extremely important. Let me know what you liked or don't like about the show because I read every one of them and they help the show get better and also keep me going. Last thing, a lot of you have contacted me, give me feedback. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the positive. I know these trainings have motivated you during your morning routines, your commutes, even like someone messaged me like while they're doing dishes after the kids have gone to school, have to clean up the breakfast mess. They motivated them to get them fired up. Because sometimes, you know, after you make breakfast and all that, it gets tiring, right? And for those stay-at-home moms, that is. And you need to set some motivation to go out there and start, you know, building your contact list and contacting people, messaging or calling them, setting up meetings. So um, thank you for this feedback you've been giving us. And if you like it and it's been really helpful, please share with others. Let other people know about it. Let your uplines know, downlines, crosslines, uh, leaders. And always to say prospects because it's a huge belief builder. I mean, if you just hear about Daniel's story, how he turned things around, it's very, very inspiring. And these are real stories from real people who are making it happen that we're marketing. So the next time someone says, hey, you know, I don't know sure this business works, you just point them to ML Nation. You know, every week with three new leaders who are full-time making it happen in the industry. Uh, some are making millions, and that's just more than enough evidence that this business is the best, and it works. So that's it for this show. And again, don't forget about iTunes. Leave a review. Let me know what you liked and don't like. And uh, thanks again for being part of ML Nation, for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.